Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their warhammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task, complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Roughhouse Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roughhouse Podcast, episode number 360 for recording date February 25, 2024. Hi, I'm Marty. Hey, I'm Christoph, and uh, it's the Xbox edition here. So thank you all very much for uh, for click and play. Uh, well, hopefully, you know, listening to this won't give you the red ring of death. And yes. Uh, yes. we'll be able to. <laughs> Give you some entertainment today in the crazy world of wacky, wild wrestling. Thankfully, though, this week, as we touch a little bit upon in our Patreon exclusive Schlegel Soapbox with Justin Schlegel, patreon.com slash roughhouse podcast. This week, not as dramatic yes. as the weeks before it. I mean, yeah, Dynamite had to be kind of rebooked on the fly due to injuries and illness and all that fun stuff. But um no Vince McMahon drama or new Vince McMahon drama. Sure, no, yeah. no, uh, no one was punching each other in the face behind the scenes that we're aware of. No one got fired as head creative from TNA. No, it was uh, no just new plane ride from hell that we're aware of getting uh, to and fro Australia. Well, that said, they did have 30 hours. The World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years, the revolutionary to head to Perth, Australia for a show that started at 5 a.m. U.S. time. Yeah, I mean, I feel for, you know, like uh, our dude Paul in the U.K. for those uh, off-hour shows that are normal for us. Uh, right. You know, the wrestling world turned the other cheek on us. Yes, very much so. And uh, it was the Elimination Chamber in Perth. It was a whopping four matches on that show. In, uh, what, five and a half hours? Uh, <laughs> I think if you include the pre-shows, it, it was about four hours. Uh, of that, there was, according to a stat I saw online, an hour and 50 minutes of pro wrestling. Yeesh. There was, I shit you not, between match two and match three. So match two was Judgment Day against Pete Dunne and uh, Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate, yeah. So that match ended. They did all their video packages and commercials and stuff. Uh-huh. They had the uh, Grayson Waller effect promo bit, mm-hmm. which including intros for Cody, who had like a I just won WrestleMania level of pyro for mm-hmm. a promo segment. Sure. Uh, all of that, that went like another 20. Basically, there was 55 minutes Jesus. between the end of the Judgment Day match and the beginning of the men's Elimination Chamber match. Which was not the main, because rightfully Rhea Ripley mained. Absolutely. I, I, I can't take that away from her. Like, she is, A, one of the top stars of the company. I don't think sure. anyone would argue with that. No. B, it's in her hometown, or sure. at least as reasonably close as WWE is going to get on a tour. Right. Um, but 50,000. <laughs> right, right. 50,000 strong for the show. Uh, now, did we get an official count on how many of those had to sit in lawn chairs on the fucking floor? <laughs> did you see that? I did. I did see that. Lawn chairs? Yeah, a that, that was a billion dollar corporation fucking lawn chairs? 
Yeah, that that is that is very unfortunate. I would have demanded my money back. I wonder if the chairs for the stadium were caught up in the same pirate business that the actual elimination chamber was stuck in. Brother, it's a stadium and there are places around uh, a a major city uh, that you could rent chairs that aren't fucking plastic lawn chairs where where knowing the average girth of a pro wrestling fan was probably not a comfortable situation. Sure. You know, that does kind of raise a question, something I personally don't know. I've never gotten this far involved into putting together a show where you need to worry about seating and and all that fun stuff. So WWE goes to Perth. They go to this massive outdoor stadium in Australia. Uh Obviously, WWE sending the stage, the light set up, the ring set up, all that stuff. That's them. The seating on the floor, minus, you know, those exclusive chairs that the first few rows get or whatever it is, who provides those? Is that WWE going out having to provide them? Is it the stadium having to provide them? Typically, to my knowledge, like if I, you know, when I think of going to events at the Baltimore Arena uh, or whatever, it's, it's the venue, the venue. Uh, Although, you know, if it's not something that they normally do, um, you know, Maybe there's, I don't know. I feel like there's an event company that either works exclusively with a venue or the venue knows somebody where you can rent some chairs that aren't fucking lawn chairs that they got of the Dick Sporting Goods down, right, Dick's right. down under. Um, you know, it, it's that was some low rent shit for as high as WWE is flying financially at the moment. Yeah, that that was a bad look. It's certainly not a great look to to do to have that type of setup, but you know what? The crowd didn't seem to care either way because uh, they were. So yeah, the, oh, the, the Fosters was flowing exactly. Uh, you know, blooming onions as far as the eye could yeah. see. Yeah, and and, uh, and and you know, around every corner was another game of knifey spoony. So you know, it was, did is, anybody is, did anybody check the toilets though? Do we have a report on that? <laughs> we we need someone on the scene to let us know how that went. That reminds me, have you seen that Soraya's doing the knifey spoony gimmick i did see that little yeah, bit. yeah that is that is unfortunate uh okay, well you know. let's I mean, let's get into what happened on the show yeah, um yes. so the pre-show match was for the women's tag belts the i'd rather just make simpsons jokes about it but that's fine <laughs> we can talk about the actual wrestling uh, it was the kabuki warriors of Kyrie and asuka defending the tag belts against candace LeRae and australia's own indy hartwell okay uh, as the way is still kind of a thing uh, that fastball the, song from 1996. I, I mean, yes, that is because that still gets play. <laughs> like that is an in the meantime by Space Hog level of how is this still in the normal mix? I that I, I think in the meantime is a much better song than the way personally. Plus, it was in Guardians Three. I'm not taking anything away from either song. I'm just saying the songs are like 30 years old. Why are they still in modern rock, rock playlists? No, they're, they're on modern rock playlists too, or at least 90s at noon. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Jones. <laughs> Mike Jones. Wait, wrong one. Wrong one. Um, surprise, surprise. Kabuki Worry is retained because. Oh, he's in afternoons now. Never mind. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Kabuki Warriors retained. Uh, Candace and Indy did not win the belts. I'm sure that would have been a nice moment. But then that took us to the main show, which kicked off with the women's elimination chamber match. Uh, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Raquel Rodriguez. Winner getting the shot against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. And considering that they had Becky cutting a promo against Rhea 
at the press conference for <laughs> WrestleMania. Not telegraphed at all. I'm sure you won't be surprised to hear Bianca Belair. No, no, no. It was Becky Lynch who ended up winning it all. Um, the match was fine. It was fine. Uh, Naomi, looked, uh, Naomi looked lost at the beginning really? of the show, which was a little a little odd. Uh, really the craziest spot was uh, uh, Stratton did like a uh, senton off of one of the pods. Okay. So um, she's basically showing she's willing to die. Sure. So, I mean, you know, it's been you know, done. Like, yeah. uh, you know, we've seen so many elimination chamber matches. It's hard to be innovative in them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Every spot's kind of been done three or four times. Right. Um, I, I don't really know what it would take. Actually, there was a small bit of innovation that I was entertained by in the men's match, which I'll, yeah. I'll talk about in a moment. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, but last two were, were Becky and uh, Bianca. And Becky, of course, wins with the manhandle slam. Clean finish. One, two, three. Becky's heading to WrestleMania because, of course, she wouldn't be on the show otherwise. <laughs> I love that this is, by the way, an ongoing story beat in WWE. I know you're a top star who's on television all the time. You're not going to be on the main show of the company. Sorry. Yeah. So stupid. Um, Damian Priest and Finn Balor of Judgment Day retained the undisputed tag titles, defeating the duo of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, formerly known as British Strong Style, now going under the name New Catch Republic. Eh, no, nope, yeah. I don't like it. That uh, They also now have a terrible new theme, like all new WWE themes. It's generic. You have no idea who's coming out. It, it's it's not great. Um that said, I do want to point out Tyler Bate may be the oldest, excuse me, oldest looking 26 year old I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> well, you spent uh, 10 years in the WWE system. <laughs> what what has Florida done to this boy? What, what has happened here? I mean, you are aware of Florida. True. <laughs> True. It was just, hey, you can't blame Florida for being Florida. Yeah, that, that, that's a fair point. Does Damian uh, Priest still have the briefcase? He still has a briefcase, which sake, do something. I I will tell you my theory, which uh, I will say, uh, no, no, he, he was in the next segment. Okay. Um, I, I I will tell you, uh, my theory about what they're going to do with that when we get there. Okay. Uh, Funnily enough, it was the same thing that Dave Meltzer and Alvarez were tossing around this morning as a possibility. And and I, I did love that they had to point out before and after they said their thought that this was not them saying it was going to happen. It was their guess. It was their prediction. It was them, oh. you know, I'm sure that'll be misinterpreted on, on Twitter. Thousand percent. No different than the observer awards this year, which of course everyone's going, Oh, that Dave Meltzer's got some funny picks when it's voted on by the readers. He just counts them all. That probably would, by that, hand. That would require somebody to actually read an article <laughs> or read an issue of the Observer to actually know what's going on. But hey, I digress. Digression been, Jones over here. I've been a subscriber for years. There's whole chunks. I just I just scroll past. Sorry. Oh no, I get it. Sorry, three thousand words on UFC two fifty nine. I'm not yeah. gonna read you. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, Judgment Day retains the tag titles. Uh, I was surprised Dom was not really on this show. Like, he came out with them, and he was wearing mm-hmm. a, a Rhea Ripley shirt, as he's wont to do. Dominic Mysterio has probably been right behind Rhea as one of the top guys, which is crazy to say, by the way. I know. One of the top guys in the company. And that he was not 
actually in a match on this show. Kind of weird, kind of surprising. Um, but there's a Grayson Waller effect. Uh, Austin Theory is the second to Grayson Waller these days, kind of the Andy Richter to uh, Grayson's Conan when it comes to this talk show. Okay. Um, so they I, made I, that... I get the comparison, but to compare Grayson Waller to Conan O'Brien is a... Oh, oh it's it's a stretch. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I understood the reference. So yeah. um, but it was a, you know, a 20-minute entrance bit and then 20-minute promo where the short version is uh, Seth is going to be cleared any day now. Uh-huh. So he's going to, uh, he looks forward to going against whoever it is. that wins the chamber at WrestleMania. Um, Cody challenges the rock to a one-on-one match anytime, any place. Okay. Sure. And then Rollins says that he admires that he's challenging the rock, but there's no such thing as, as a singles match against the bread, excuse me, the bloodline, not the breadline, the bloodline. Yeah, the, bre- the breadline was a bad Megadeth song from their risk album. <laughs> I was going to say I was Nikita Koloff stable back in the day, uh, but I like your reference too. <laughs> Look, we all got our pockets of, uh, of dumb knowledge. I hit an endo reference last week and now I'm talking about the least favorite Megadeth record of all time right now. So that's what I do. So they're showing the hand. I mean, they already did with that, that video promo, which they aired during the show prior yeah. to this segment, course, by the way, uh, you remember this? Yeah. Uh, where it was, you know, the, the, you know, the face off WrestleMania 40 coming from Philadelphia, rock Roman on one side, Seth Cody on the other. It's clearly going to be a tag match, but why, why even say the possibility of rock versus Cody one-on-one unless you're going to do it. Ah, shit. I don't know, man. It's just like, I can't make sense of what these guys say. Cause they say something and then, you know, people react in a certain way and then it's changed the next week. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's foolish. And we get into a lot more of that on the soapbox as well. $5 yeah. here at patreon.com slash the roughhouse podcast. Nicely done. That then led to the men's elimination chamber. It was Logan Paul, Randy Orton, Bobbert Lasharelli. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Drew McIntyre, LA Knight, and Kevin Owens. This was all about setting the stage for a bunch of WrestleMania storylines, including one I didn't see coming. Um, it was fun match. Much as you were saying with the women's elimination chamber, uh, it was an elimination chamber match. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of knew what you're getting into. There was a bit though, where Logan Paul had a Sharpie marker in mm-hmm. his pod and he's like making uh, an image to taunt Kevin Owens. Yeah, that was clever. That was, I will give that dude credit and I will continue to give that dude credit because he was fucking fun as hell in this match. He is as good a pro wrestler as he is a terrible influence on children. I <laughs> love him as a pro wrestler. Yeah. Um, but in the end of the day, Drew McIntyre ends up winning it, which makes a lot of sense. It was supposed to be punk. He's the guy who took out punk. He's now calling himself DM hunk, by the way, which <laughs> I, I, I think is really, really fun. Um, but there's still the question mark of his contract. Yeah. Yeah, which is where, up after after Mania, clearly. Yes. So where do they go? What do they do? Well, 
I'll tell you what I think the move is. All right. What you got? So Seth drew, it's going to be night two, presumably of mania night one. Maybe Seth gets the shit beat out of him by the bloodline. Mm -hmm. So he goes into this hurt. Drew wins. And of course, everyone's like, what the fuck, you know, Drew, why, why did I put the belt on him? That's when priest cashes in and priest ends up being champion by end of the night. Okay. All right. That's, that's my thought. I mean, those always pretty much always play pretty well. Yeah. Um, And it's a good way to, you know, have drew as champion again for a 10 seconds. Yeah. He gets his minute. He gets his moment at, as being champion at mania. His his moment. 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 Um, But uh, some of the storyline beats that happened here, uh, there was a moment where Bobby Lashley got quote unquote injured. Uh, so they had to take him out of the match. Uh, he screwed up his elbow uh, with a, a spear through the pods on the Logan Paul. When this happens, AJ Styles, who I'm guessing in kayfabe through flew 30 hours for this one moment, uh-huh. runs into the ring with a chair and smacks the head of LA Knight, as we're going to be undoubtedly getting AJ Styles, LA Knight, WrestleMania. So is is this guy's, you know, name supposed to be Los Angeles Knight? That's a great question. I, I don't think it's been defined. No different than CM Punk, um, nor AJ Styles has never been defined in kayfabe. I know his real name is Alan Jones, and that's why. You know, I thought it was Alan James. Uh, I, well, it's one of the two. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. he's Alan. Good old Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Big Al. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I know it's not his real name. His real name is like Sean. It's it's a it's a weird well, choice. You can't have a name um, Sean in WWE. So. <laughs> you, you really can't. You, at least you shouldn't. Name's taken. Um, but the other storyline they ended up building, one I didn't see coming. I, I thought for sure they were going to be running back Owens, Paul, uh, at Mania. Some sort of step, you know, no holds barred or sure. something goofy, right? They ended up having Logan Paul... And Randy Orton get into it with each other to the point that Paul took an RKO. Okay. So maybe we're doing Randy Orton, Logan Paul at Mania. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Orton looked pretty good. Orton was uh, one of the the last two. It was him and Drew. Um, I, I thought it was pretty well done. Uh, their last little bit. The way the finish happened was Logan Paul knocked out uh, Randy Orton with brass knuckles, which does raise the question because he brought him out toward the end of the match. Why no would you use the whole match? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why don't you have two pairs? Like, just, yeah. you know, slugging it around. Um, Put your dukes up. I got fucking no dukes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, I think Orton, uh, Logan Paul will be, will be a perfectly fine match. Um, yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. do some, you know, Logan Paul will do some stupid stunty thing into an RKO and everybody will pop. Yeah, exactly. Um, Triple H then did the whole, uh, hey, everybody, there's 50,000 of you promo. Uh, which is now his spot. Uh, and then the main event was Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax uh, for the Women's World Championship. Rhea, unsurprisingly retaining in Australia. Sure. Uh, Rhea having the moment post-match where uh, she celebrates with her family and you go, holy shit, her sister looks like her when she first went into the WWE. It was really? it was like, it was basically like a before app, before after photo okay. uh, in real life. Uh, if you remember Rhea, when she debuted in the, was it the, the May Young, Young Classic? Classic? Yep. You know, she was like this bright-eyed, blonde, blonde hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. It, 
pretty much exactly the same. Um, red, red, red ring gear. You know, I mean, I don't remember. I don't just, know. just a spunky baby face is what yeah, it was. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have seen matches like Hulk Hogan versus Big, uh, sorry, King I mean, Kong Bundy, or yeah. or Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake, or Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna, it was that except for the big monster was even less good at moving. <laughs> this was embarrassing. Was it? Like, I heard that people were saying that it was the best Nia Jax match they've seen. I I wholeheartedly disagree. Okay. Uh, I I thought she looked terrible in this match. I mean, there, she's never there was a terrible. bit where she did the bonsai drop spot and you uh-huh. can tell the whole gimmick was like, Oh, Rhea is supposed to push her up and off. Okay. And she's supposed to hit the turnbuckle. Naya was sitting full weight on Rhea. So <laughs> she's struggling to kick out, let yeah. alone push up and out. They end up kind of getting it, but yeah, she wasn't selling. There was a, a, a Rhea's got her whole uh, Rana spot that she does. I could have taken it better, and I've never taken a Rana in a ring before. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it was it was embarrassing, and like this is the biggest match that I think Nia Jax will ever have. Well, it's main eventing a pay per view, yeah. Main eventing a pay per view in front of fifty thousand people, yeah, sure. And she shit the fucking bed. I. How long has she been in the system? Probably 10 years at this point. Easily. Like, this is a Tamina Snuka level of why are they still employed? Yeah, that's... I, I don't get it. I know she's the Rock's cousin. A lot of people are the Rock's cousin. We, we, <laughs> got, a, we got a big fucking graphic that showed us how many cousins he has. Yes. Yes. Why? I she was didn't. gone. They brought her back. I don't know. I mean, she's good for a Royal Rumble spot because she's large. Yeah, I guess. But then to win, to be in a match of this scale, yeah, it's a sus suspect. Yeah, uh, not good, not good at all. And um, speaking of not good, <laughs> we had two more new beginning shows, Chris. Yeah, and I hate that i'm going to say this next sentence it's the beginning of the end this may have been two of the worst shows new japan pro wrestling has ever produced oh wow just in terms of the outcomes or in terms of the in-ring action or both yes okay they got nobody on deck Uh, nobody on deck well they got two new champs they got two new champs two new american champs oh boy uh so uh, night one, uh, it was, uh, well, I'll just go into the big matches from it. Yeah. Uh, we had show defeating El Desperado to become the new junior heavyweight champion. Oh, they got three new champs. Yeah. Uh, this was a full on house of torture special. Ew. And what sucked even worse was I like show. I like Show's El talented. Desperado. He's the talent one out of, uh, out of, uh, show and yo. Yeah. Well, great news. Uh, both him and El Desperado forgot how to wrestle uh, for the really? first few minutes. Despy of the match. had a bad it, match. It was bad. It was dull as shit. And then it was all the House of Torture bullshit. Yeah. So that That's was sad. not good. Um, then Evil defeated uh, Shooter 
Shoto Amino. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, another Why? shitty House of Torture match. And yeah. also, you're pinning one of the new three Musketeers. Yeah. Great work, guys. For evil to go over? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Great work. Matt Riddle is a new New Japan World TV champion. Defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. He was okay. I mean, Tanahashi, we've talked about it. Even a very broken Tanahashi can still carry guys most times. Most times. (laughs) It was fine. Yeah. I don't don't know what appeal Matt Riddle is going to have in Japan. That's a great question. I don't know if it's really there even in the States. Like, I feel... I don't know how much of a fan base there is for this guy now. Like on his way out, he seemed to burn a lot of bridges. Yeah. And I will say, considering the accusations, well, accusations on one. And by the way, I'm not going to be uh, pushing for this guy who I make a comparison to, by the way. I'm just asking a question here. Marty Skrull got blackballed for some shit. Mm hmm. Matt Riddle, yes, got fired by WWE for that shit and more, but open arms to New Japan and no one's raising a gigantic stink about this. Fair question. What's the difference here? I I don't know. I did see Marty Skrull get a booking in Mexico, I think, recently. He he did. He did. Uh, I believe that was that was Conan's doing. Uh, And also uh, Papa Buck uh, reposted a Instagram of. of Marty Skrulls in his story saying that Marty should, should get booked by AEW, which uh, nope. No, no thank you. No good. Um, and then we had Nick Nemeth's debut in new Japan pro wrestling going against IWGP global heavyweight champion, David Finley, David Finley, clearly the future of new Japan pro wrestling, having gone over will Ospreay, John Moxley, and then being the guy to put Will Ospreay out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, winning that War Games yeah. tag match just a few weeks ago. And he loses in his first defense of the belt to a guy who's never worked New Japan before. Yep, to Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Ugh. Again, it was fine. But n- no one in Japan gave a shit. Right. Like the argument I always hear about the house of torture stuff is, oh, it's it's really over in the building in Japan. You know, they really hate evil. He's a he is a top heel. It just doesn't work here in the States. OK, fine. Then why are we doing this? You've built Finley or you're trying to build Finley as a guy. Yeah. And he gets chumped in his first defense. Yeah. I, and I this, of ha- course, is on a show where earlier in the night I realized I skipped over it. It was one of the two 10-man tags for Okada's farewell, where Okada wins clean <laughs> and chumps great Okan on the way out. Yeah, he does. What are we doing here? I don't know, man. Maybe I, Gato needs some antipsychotics. We should have Justin <laughs> Hope hook him up. Well, then, night two, same sort of deal. Okada ends up uh, winning, getting the uh, the pin in the middle of the ring on United uh, United Empire member Callum Newman. Who I get it, he was the youngest guy on that side of the ring. Sure, but why the fuck is Okada the guy who's leaving, getting put over clean? Because he's Okada. I mean, 
the, you know. the way this is supposed to work, because let's let's look ahead at another company. Do you think Sting is going to win clean at the pay-per-view for no. his final match? No, because no. the idea is you make people on the way out. You have yeah. an int- you have Matt Riddle in there as TV champ. There are not counting Okada. There are four people who you could build a next match to: Riddle versus Ishii, Riddle versus Goto, Riddle versus Yoshihashi, Riddle <laughs> versus Toriano. But still, you have the ability to have Riddle pin one of those guys, and then yeah. oh, okay, that that's building up the next TV title match, or have one of those guys pin Riddle. Same idea, but instead you have Okada get the win. You gave him his moment last night. You're doing it again here. Same building. Is is this a is this a cultural difference between Japanese wrestling and American wrestling? I wonder. I, I don't. And I, it's been Osprey went on on his back. What did did Liger win his last match? Uh, no, he, didn't he lose to the Suzuki? I thought his last match was with Hiromu. Or is that a different last match? That was his last Wrestle Kingdom match. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I think Karamu won that one. I'll 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 have to check the tape. I, I don't but. know. I'm just trying I'm trying to come up with something as to why why this is happening. Well, then the the following match, the farewell of Tamatanga. So it's ELP and Hukaleo against Tamatanga and Tengaloa. Hikaleo, oh, is that why GOD was back together like that? Yes. Okay. Hikaleo. Pins Tamatanga clean in the middle of the ring. I mean, to be fair, Tamatanga is not Okada. But he's on the way out. Yeah. Like, you have these options of what you can do. Okay, you don't want to pin Okada. Fine. Build something else. There's ten people here, nine of whom are going to be on your next show. (sighs) Yeah, you're right. Nick Namath and uh, Rasuke Taguchi defeated Bullet Club of David Finley and Gato because, yes, Nick Namath needs another pin on David Finley. Well, in this case, he pinned Gato, but still. Sure. He, needs another, he needs another pin on that side of things. After the match, uh, he challenges Tanahashi to a match for the Global Championship. Tanahashi, who had been removed from that day's show because he injured his ankle in the match the <laughs> night before. <laughs> okay. Um, he called Tadahashi his personal hero. Okay. Which doesn't sound disingenuous at all. Um, yeah. There was then a, a whole series of LIJ versus uh, just five guys matches. Bushi uh, okay. defeated Takamishinoku. Uh, Doki defeated Hiromo Takahashi and probably huh. the biggest win he's ever had. Um, Taichi defeated Shingo. Uh, um, we had Yoda Suji against Yuya Yamura in a hair versus hair match. And I will say this so again. This is two of your future guys. Yeah. You're putting them next to last. Good on them. That's what you should be doing. You should be making them. And the way that the match was laid out, if like if I listed it down on a piece of paper, you go, oh, this this should have gotten over, right? Like this should have been like a New Japan classic. They went 28 minutes and, you know, they built to this and then they cooled down. Uh-huh. They built to that. No one cared. Really? No one cared. Suji win? Suji won. Okay. Yamura's uh, going to be uh, a cue ball. But no one cared. 
Well, that's that's a big problem. It is. It's almost as if these guys you're building should be beating people who are stars in the eyes. And not each other. Yeah. yeah. Then the main event was Naito retaining the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship over Sonata. Fine match. I have no complaints. Except for at the end. So Naito's doing his whole, you know, send everybody home promo as the uh-huh. IWGP World Champion is wanting sure. to do. This is usually where someone comes out and challenges. Right. He brings Okada out for one last farewell. <laughs> <clears throat> what are we doing? <laughs> like there's, there's people who you need to build to have people come to your shows and watch your shows and be interested in your show. Like there's coming out of this. There's not a single match. I want to see. <laughs> there's not a single storyline that intrigues me. There's not a single moment where I'm going, Oh hell yeah. I mean, I'll, I, I will give them this. There's Chicago show that has sold like 6,000 tickets already Yeah, yeah, yeah. on paper. That looks like a hell of a show, but it's just matches. It's a super card. Yeah. There's nothing here that is making me excited or interested to watch the next big new Japan show. Yeah. I mean, I have, I've been pretty cold on the product for a while and you're not, uh, you're not making any arguments for me to jump back in. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a bummer. It's and a bummer. Zach Saber Jr. showed up at a DDT show last night. He did show morning. up last night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, there wasn't any real build for ZSJ. ZSJ's talking about how he's going to go for the world title. I mean, <laughs> but in doing so, he had a back and forth backstage with Matt Riddle, where he called <laughs> Matt Riddle a dickhead, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. But <laughs> we're going to get ZSJ versus Matt Riddle. There's nothing more the Japanese crowd loves than a guy who they don't really know against a foreigner. It's their favorite. Yeah, but CSJ gets a reaction, I, I'd say. He does. He does. Yes. Riddle's the unproven one. Yeah, that's and true. Also, I think they're playing with fire, sending Matt Riddle into uh, Japan. international customs to and from Japan. But I digress. It, it really just was a bummer. And yeah. uh, we're, we're going to talk about AEW in a second, but before we transition into that, so it got announced this week, or I guess not unofficially announced this week, that the New Japan AEW Forbidden Door show is going to be at the Arthur Ashe Stadium <laughs> this summer in New York, which, hey, that's not a big to do for you and I. Maybe we'll make a rough ass road trip out of it. Who from New Japan is a dream match for anyone in AEW? Mind you, they've signed Jay White, they've signed Osprey, they're probably signing Okada. I mean, um, obviously, they're Shingo. Yep. Shingo Brian, let's do the damn thing. That's, you know, that's that's a big one. Um, and if that is happening at Grant, we're definitely fucking going. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> fucking, yeah. <laughs> we, that, that is happening. Yeah, toss away all of my nerd rage just now. Yeah fucking going yeah i mean I, i'm sure uh, yeah I, I i'm really struggling to come up with with anything here i mean will they card out suzuki for another tag probably. match or something although, probably although suzuki uh i i think i can't remember if it was on one of these shows or on one of the road two shows he's like oh i'm 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 done in new japan now as a full-time <laughs> okay all right i'm going back to freelancing full-time which means 
get ready for the Minoru Suzuki is all elite image any minute now. Oh man. God knows Tony cannot be stopped. Well, somebody needs to stop him. We, we, you know, yeah, just, I, it's basically Shingo, Brian and Darby Hiromu are the only dream matches I think are left. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, um, if they run back another Despy Mox situation. Okay. Okay. Uh, I could be into that. Could be into that. Um, and I will say it's rumored and considering what we're talking about, maybe it's needed that there's going to be CMLL presence on the show too. Right. Yeah. So it'll be new Japan, CMLL, AEW, which will fill out the bottom of the card. Right. Like what's there? Like, I mean, again, this is gun to head, like maybe Ishii powerhouse Hobbs, maybe. Suzuki Joe, is that moving moving needle for oh, you? Oh, that's that's who Joe beat for the Ring of Honor TV title. Oh, that's right, that happened. Fuck. So it, there's there's not a lot of there there. Um, I will say Taji Shimori worked the Ring of Honor tapings last night. Oh. So <laughs> there's that. Okay, uh, I, I enjoy his work. I, I like him. I don't know why he's working Ring of Honor. No. Don't get that at all. And in, and you know who he went against? Some random guy. Why are you gonna, mm. Why are you flying a man internationally to have him go against some random jobber? That's a great question, Chris. That's a great fucking you. question. Couldn't tell you. Wow. All right. They need That's, to make some fucking moves and fast. Yeah. It's really what it's coming down to. Anyway, let's go ahead and hit this button. AEW <laughs> this week, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Springfield, Missouri, two wrestling hotspots. Um, I hope they never go back to Oklahoma. Yeah, that was a rough fucking show. And I, I oh, I just want to take a moment. Speaking yes. of rough, yeah, I will say that the fact that Jr. was not brought out for the Oklahoma crowd, yeah. That dude's got to be in a bad way. Well, I think he's living in Jacksonville at the moment. He is living in Jacksonville. Getting treatment at the in Jacksonville yeah. is the, yeah. the key there. But they've flown him in for less. Sure, sure. Even well, during treatment and everything else. Yeah, no, it's smart so. to have somebody with such close ties of Instagram not be on TV at the moment. So. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I was I was kind of surprised to do that. The crowd in Tulsa was weird as shit. Well. There were we, moments where they got super into it, and otherwise, fucking pin drops. We we didn't get Jr., but we got fucking Jake Hager. So, oh my a, god, this this was the second sh- worst option. Chris, have you ever heard the business term a shit sandwich? <laughs> I have actually. Yeah. For those unfamiliar, the idea is when you have negative feedback, you cover it on both sides with positive feedback. Yeah. Put the shit in the middle. This was a shit sandwich of an AEW show. A little bit, yeah. First match, awesome. Last match, awesome. Yeah. Middle, what are we doing? (laughs) And again, another question you ask, I don't have an answer to. (laughs) So it kicked off with FTR against John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. They went to a 20-minute time limit. I'm fine with the 20 minute time limit. I'm fine with them doing the time calls. I'm fine with them having draws. 
so long as they continue to call those times consistently. Yes, not just when there's going to be a draw or a tease of a draw. The only thing, and I saw some people getting really angry about this. I'm not angry. It's just it was kind of funny. The idea of the time limit uh, occurring in the middle of the shatter machine, that's fine. I don't know why Dax and Cash didn't finish the move. It was like, oh, the bell's ringing. Dax just kind of holds Mox there and Cash lands on his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't follow through. Why wouldn't you follow through? Yeah. Gravity and momentum will kind of say otherwise on that, right? Yeah. It, it, also, it, was, it was weird. Here's a question Are the time limits for matches arbitrary? Or like, I'm trying to think of this was a 20 minute time yeah. limit. And I know there have been 30 minute time limits and I guess the world title gets a 60 minute time limit. Are, are have yeah. they, have those values been set and have been stuck to is my question. I believe they have. Okay. Um, they, I mean, they definitely announce what the time yeah. limit is. Um, right. But I don't know. I never pay attention to it yeah, <laughs> at, at the beginning of the match. And maybe that's the thing that they're also trying to do. They're trying to train the audience to be aware of these things. Uh, maybe, you're asking me to do work. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, not, not sure about that. Um, but post-match, these guys want to beat that shit out of each other. All the geeks in security run out to try to, uh, stop it. They just keep beating the shit out of each other. I was, I was cool with it. I was fine with it. I thought it was nice. Um, so then we have Renee backstage with orange Cassidy and doc Samson Mm -hmm. and Renee's just running down all the matches OC has had. And, Oh, uh, you've got another match tonight against Mike Bennett that they never announced in advance. Um, well, was, wasn't it announced as like a match with Trent and Mike Bennett, but Trent was not cleared, but some, OC was like that. barely cleared. So OC's taking the match. Something like that. If he's cleared, why is Doc Sampson even there? Well, that was when he was finding out he was cleared. Why you would do that live on air is another question. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that there, there was just something about this segment that felt slapped together and. I get it. It kind of was, but Doc yeah. Samson's not a TV personality. He's no doctor. No. Also, <laughs> he's bigger than both Renee and Orange Cassidy combined. That's that's fair. Yeah, it's not a great look on your international champion. Um. Anyway, OC says like, yeah, I'll go against Mike Bennett. I fought the other one. I'll fight this one. Um, we had, uh, Alex Marvez then backstage with FTR who said they were 10 seconds away from winning the match. Dax Harwood's about to lay out the uh, challenge when then Claudio and Moxley come out and then there's a bunch of geeks and they all brawl out, yell at each other. Very aggressively. Yeah, yeah. One guy throws a chair. Another one kicks a dog. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's what we've seen before. Um, Orange Cassidy, Mike Bennett. Unlike the match last week where I said, I have to apologize to Matt Taven. (laughs) I would like to take this moment to say, Mike Bennett, I've been right about you all along. (laughs) This, this was a match that happened. (laughs) Like, yeah, OC was trying his best here, but you know, yeah. And, and, uh, Roddy running out like kind of twice in it. Yeah. And the match not ending Uh is weird. I don't get it. And then, so after Roddy Strong, uh, sorry, after OC wins, Roddy Strong and Matt Taven are uh, beating down 
OC. OC. Matt, yeah. St- Matt Taven, by the way, who was murdered on television the week before. Right. Yeah. Should have been bandaged up or perhaps repurposing the wheelchair that yeah. Strong hat. Uh, they're all beaten against each other. And uh, Jake Hager runs out. I don't understand this. Was there some kind of history between OC and Jake Hager that I'm forgetting? The only reason I can think of is That's because of being in Oklahoma. Be, besides them being in Oklahoma was the match booked for Rampage was Roddy Strong against Jake Hager. Now, granted, they told us about the match after he ran out. Not before. Okay. Again, this is why you need like a continuity cop. Have someone like run down. Oh, you know, or even when Roddy's out there. And by the way, if it was said on commentary and I missed it, I apologize. Right. But Roddy's out there. Oh, Roddy Strong, you know, he's getting that title shot, but he's got a big match ahead of him this Friday going against Jake Hager. You know, Hager's been a part of some big groups here in AEW. You know, he doesn't want to look past that match, whatever. Like, make it clear this match is happening. And it's like, oh, that's why Jake Hager's running down because yeah. they have a match on Friday. Yeah. Not, oh, Jake Hager's running down. By the way, he's out there because they have a match on Friday. It's 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 messy. Yeah. Maybe this this Jen Pepperman woman that they hired, a former WWE writer, mm-hmm. Emmy winner for, I believe, a number of uh, soap operas, who's now the vice president of creative, I think is her title. Oh, um, I hope that maybe she gets to clean this up. That that yeah. is that is the the biggest hope I have there. Um, Renee Paquette's then backstage with Angelo Parker and Ruby Soho. God, I don't care. They're going to be on a date, a date that we never see or hear about again nope. the rest of the show. Nope. This entire thing has happened in the Rampage Averse, and we're getting this random update on Dynamite which is really just an excuse for us to see Joe Biden show up in AEW. Joe Biden dressed very unique. Hang on. Sorry. That was Ric Flair wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. The unnecessarily long intro uh, and more disappointingly, the crowd's reaction to it being Ric Flair. Uh, yeah. So, and then he cuts a promo about being upset about not being a bigger part of this sting farewell. Yeah. And he fucking mumbles his way through it. God, it's so bad. I Why guess is this fucking septuagenarian on TV. I guess the gimmick is like, oh, it's it's serious. He's do, he's doing his ring announce or, or uh, wrestling commentator. There's been a real injury voice. Yeah, the Owen Hart voice. Yes, um, but I don't care. I don't care. No, I mean, I get it. The gag's gonna be, oh, is he gonna turn on Sting one more time? But you could have just had him get involved and make it look like he was going to help the Bucks. And then he low blows Matt or Nick. And then, right. Yeah. <sighs> Hard to care about Ric Flair. Yeah. I don't, I don't give a shit. I, I genuinely don't. It, he looks terrible. He mm-hmm. sounds worse. Moves. Not very great. Yes. And Ric Flair's not great either. Are we still talking about Joe Biden? I'm sorry. <laughs> So I'm still voting for him. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, yeah, it, I get you. Bad. I am. I'm, I got. I got I'm you. Taking the shit sandwich versus the shotgun blast to my nuts. That's yeah. that's where I'm really going here. Um, Daniel Garcia then gets a promo 
uh, talking about how uh, he's going to get the TV title match against Christian Cage at Revolution because Edge was unable to compete after the attack from Christian. Yeah, Adam Copeland. Uh, Adam Copeland. Sorry. This, this is going to be a problem for me probably the rest of his entire run here. Yeah. Um, so Garcia cuts this really great babyface promo about yeah. you know, how he's he's been down on himself and he had to fight back up and the crowd's been behind him and he loves their support. Like it felt real. Like, yeah, I'll, solid. The, I, I don't like to immediately assume, Oh, you're aping someone else's work, but that felt like an Eddie Kingston was like, all right, what'd you got planned? Let's, let's yeah. walk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it had that real edge. It had that, that like comfortable feeling. And then as much as I hate Christian's involvement in any angle with Adam Goblin, the Christian I know and love was back yep. as he just comes out and motherfucks Daniel Garcia talks about Daniel Garcia's dead dad gives an address, which by the way, shout out internet was yep. if you look it up on Google maps to a cemetery, man, that was, that's a, that is some choice work right there. Is it a prerequisite for uh, you know Tony Khan like on the, the AEW employment application? Yeah. Uh, father status, alive, dead. Yeah, uh, we, you know when you file for a job at AEW, you know how there's the EEO survey. It's like, uh-huh, oh, okay, yeah. I, I am or I'm not a veteran. I, I yeah. do no, do or do not have a disability. This is my race or racial origin. At the end, it's my father's dead or alive. It is yeah. it's asked every single time. Good God, there's a tragic lack of father figures in pro wrestlers. Maybe this is a bigger, a bigger, uh, you know, endemic sort of issue. Wait, you're telling me that there's an entire generation of people who need to get adulation from a crowd and to do so commit considerable physical harm and they have daddy issues. <laughs> you know what? It's, all, it's all lining up now. Thank anyway. you, Christian Cage, for showing us the light. Daniel Garcia, by the way, ends with a killer line talking about, you know, you want to bring up my dad so much. Fine. Come to the ring. I'm going to put you in the ground next to him. Like, yeah, bravo. Killer. Bravo. Good stuff. Um, that led to a whole to do where Nick Wayne came after uh, 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 Garcia. So that led to daddy magic running down with a chair. Kill, flip, yeah. kill switch got involved. But, you know, uh, we we Have basically you- separated because, hey, that's the match for the pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, Renee Paquette. Backstage with Adam Page, Rob Van Dam, and Hook, and we basically laid out that things are not well in the Adam Page uh, group. Um, then we had back-to-back women's matches. It's a shame it were these. Tony <laughs> Storm squashed Sydney Winnell, who may uh-huh. be seven foot tall. She was yeah. very gangly. Yeah. Um, and then Deanna Perrazzo and Madison Rain had what I assume is their first match in professional wrestling ever, not against (laughs) each other, just full stop. They've never worked a match. I know they're both professionals. Yeah. They were lost as hell. And then Madison rain, I guess goes, I know how I'll take a flat liner. I will land on my forehead. Like Matt Taven did last week. Yeah. that, That ain't it. Good Lord. Like you heard, Tony Excalibur and Taz. Oh no. Shriek. Yeah. <laughs> like they all immediately was just like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It was bad. And then it became the turbo tax move of the night. 
That was that was questionable. Like you're gonna you could do a fucking replay on this and brand it with a sponsor. Jesus Christ, what are we doing? Not great, not great. I will say the the uh, production crew gets a thumbs up because of that great shot of Tony Storm leaving the ring in black and white. Down comes Deanna Peraza. They split screen the filter yeah, as they're yeah. staring at each other. That was some choice uh, production work. Yeah, they, they did it again after the match too. And and like yeah. that's your shot for your promo package. Like yeah. that is that is perfect. Just set it to a, a, an old timey version of Limp Bizkit's My Way and we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's being played, you know, <laughs> manually on a vitriol. Yeah, this like, time I'm going to let it all come out. I'm going to let it all come out. It's my way, my way, or the highway. Uh, my way. <laughs> Good God. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting cut the promo that Darby should have cut last uh, week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good, good stuff from Sting here. This was really, I mean, Darby's bit was good Darby's too. Was good too. Um, yeah. It was heartfelt. It, it felt real. Uh, Sting talking about his, his father passing the week before, which is why he wasn't there and was not there to tell Darby. No, that's a fucking bad idea. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I liked this a lot. And uh, he said that uh, he's going to bring the fight of their lives to the bucks at revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Until Ric Flair turns on him again. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, Tony Schiavone brings out Wardlow. Wardlow immediately dismisses Tony Schiavone and Wardlow cuts the best promo of his, of his career, which passionate, mm-hmm. well executed, mm-hmm. built nothing. Yep. Buried MJF. Uh-huh. Buried Joe. Brought up CM Punk. And brought up CM Punk. And also was like, hey, why am I not getting a push, brother? Like, don't love that. Don't yeah. love that. Yeah, it, it definitely, he's exactly where he was before the promo. And then after that, they announce, so this guy who's mad about how he's being misused is going to be in a match called Meat Madness. Like, I'm looking forward to what that match is. Sure. Big meaty men slapping meat. But what the fuck? Like, he's just like, oh, you know, I'm being made into a joke. Okay, you're in the Meat Madness match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, you do that announcement and then have Wardlow come out all pissed off. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Bang Bang Scissor Gang cut a promo for reasons. I, I don't know what the fireworks factory is we're getting to here. I don't know. We just need to get to it and fast. Uh, Don Callis backstage cutting a promo very similar to the one week before about Osprey and Takeshita having an awesome match. Uh, and he did point out that uh, Sammy Guevara is a cuck and then uh, Hobbs was uh, going to take care of him on Rampage, which ultimately led to something on Collision as well. Then we had our main event, Joey Samoe, Swerve Strickland, and Brian Cage against Hangman Adam Page, Hook, and Rob Van Dam. I mean, this was super fun. Uh, yeah, I, big I, uh, all-star house show main event sort of situation here. Yeah. Everybody got their shit in. Everybody, you know, looked pretty good. Uh, Storylines progressed. Um, yeah, some fun yeah. spots. And uh, the finish was a smart one. Uh, RVD yeah, yeah. getting choked out by Samoa Joe. Probably the sure. best guy to eat the loss there because he's Absolutely. the least common. Um, so Joe holds up the title. Shane Strickland's looking on with Prince Nana. And Paige is yelling about his ankle, which was apparently a work. So Yes. But yeah. it, it does sound like Paige may need to miss the pay-per-view due to a personal matter. So we'll see what happens. Really? There. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't know what it is. But uh, it's it's something not wrestling related. Huh. Um, 
so uh hey if it's something bad in his life you know uh all, all the thoughts his direction sure yeah but uh w- we'll see if he is able i'm sure they'll clarify it by this wednesday yeah yeah um well the pay-per-view is next sunday so yeah yeah they 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 have to do it it's a week from today so then we went to the show that some folks wait on nobody's waiting on this since uh i've not yet watched rampage or collision i'm just gonna run through results real quick let's do it wrap up the show here so uh it kicked off with the triple threat trios match which not a smart move because that's the one thing i'd want to watch on rampage (laughs) yeah uh the trio of penta commander and brian keith okay private party and matt seidel and top flight and action andretti i'm just going to point out that of those three trios andretti and top flight are the only ones who team together regularly Regularly. yeah so uh very very weird um we had renee paquette backstage with harley cameron and soraya and uh soraya introduces her brother zodiac zach knight who is now officially all elite hard pass why the fuck are you doing tony yeah <sighs> the evps matthew and nicholas jackson defeated the jobber duo of and this is legit what their names were johnny lyons and cappuccino jones <laughs> That's that's like Cappuccino Joe's is what you hear Taz say when he sees somebody walking down the hallway with a Starbucks cup. I really hope that's how he got his name for the night. Cappuccino Joe's over here. Um, Oh, my God. uh, So uh, we're not even trying anymore, guys. We've renamed the Meltzer driver. It's called on commentary as the Tony Khan driver. (sighs) And then post-match. Uh, Matt and Nick cut a promo with Tony Schiavone. They apologize for attacking him and give him a $25 Amazon gift card. Oh, geez. Is that a punk yeah. reference? It, it, it is. Uh, apparently okay. gave all the women uh, Starbucks, yeah, gift, Starbucks cards. gift cards. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Great. Tony Schiavone was then in ring with Jesus Sammy Christ. Guevara. Uh, he calls out, calls out Hobbs. They brawl each other for a while. Hobbs murders him a bunch of times and the crowd chants one more time, which tells you how well (laughs) Sammy is doing with the crowd. Great. Um, Mariah May defeated Anna Jay. Um, Ruby Soho and Angelo Parker challenged Soraya and I presume Zach Knight to a mixed tag next week. Uh, and then the main event was uh, Roddy Strong against Jake Hager. Hager came out with the mascot of the local sports team, the Tulsa Drillers. Okay. And uh, like oil drillers, like is I, it a I, walking oil rig. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just reading the results here because I haven't yeah. seen it yet. But uh, you'll be happy to know the big spot of the match was OC runs down and gives Jake Hager the purple hat back. Jesus fucking Christ. Roddy still wins though with the running knee and a pinfall. Uh, every every with each passing thing you're reading, I'm I'm getting more and more on Team Justin here. Look, the the way that this recap ended was with quote, there are going to be 24 hours of wrestling on this weekend and this was definitely one of them. Yikes. But hey, that then brought us to and collision uh, kicked off with a no DQ match between Hobbs and Sammy Guevara, which I heard was fucking awesome. I saw a uh, table spot. Jif Hobbs gif. What did I say? Jif for the fuck's wrong with me? All good. Hobbs won that one clean. He's now in the meat madness match as is as announced later on in the night. 
uh, Lance Archer. Uh, Archer. So it's Wardlow, Hobbs, Lance Archer. I assume we're getting Miro before this is over. Oh, yeah. He's still employed, isn't he? He is. Uh, but this is considered the end of the, the Callus family feud. And Hobbs went over on Sammy. So you know what? Good, Good. move. Big fan of that. Um, FTR of Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood defeated Shane Taylor Promotions of Lee Moriarty and Shane Taylor. Okay. Um, Post match, uh, there was a promo from FTR saying, you know, they aren't scared of the uh, BCC and, you know, they're another match at Revolution. Uh, Thunder Rosa defeated a jobber named Lady Bird Monroe. (laughs) Wow. Okay. The Bang Bang Scissor Gang trio of Billy Gunn, Colton Gunn, and Jay White defeated the Iron Savages of Bronson Boulder and Jacked Jameson. <laughs> this is mostly notable because Max Caster got lost during his own ramp. Yeah, he did. That's really embarrassing. Yes, not great. And then uh, the sell from whatever guy that was on a famous sir from Billy Gunn, where he fell down to the ring and then popped up and then popped himself over the fucking uh, top rope. That was that was pretty bad. <laughs> pretty, pretty bad. Malachi Black had a singles match. His first since June 2022. Well, so now people can only can shut up about it. Yes, uh, it was him against Brian Keith. Keith got to shine. But of course, the established guy got to win. Uh, post-match, Mark Briscoe runs down with a kendo stick. Uh, the House of Black. House of Black? House uh, of Black. Sorry, I was yawning. And uh, <laughs> I guess we're getting Mark Briscoe versus Malachi Black? I don't know. That could be fun. Serena Deeb defeated Lady Frost. And okay. then our main event was Brian Danielson against June Akiyama. Oh, yeah, of, that was happening. Of All Japan and DDT fame. Um, apparently... You'll be surprised to hear this, Chris. A very good match. Eddie Kingston was on commentary for it. And uh, basically, they had a whole to do where uh, Danielson got in the face of Kingston after the match. They start brawling. Claudio runs down. FTR runs down. Whole big to do. And we're getting on Dynamite this week. Eddie Kingston and FTR against Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and John Moxley, which is a That'll hell a of a fun match. match. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, if I can find the full card, Dynamite's probably going to be pretty good this week. Uh, so, oh, wow, I, I'm wrong. That was the only match they announced for that. Uh, I thought they had announced another one or two, but we're going to have the final Dynamite appearance of Sting ever. Uh-huh. And Will Ospreay is going to be there. So uh, undoubtedly some sort of angle with him and Takeshita. Um, and Chris, I am very happy to also announce, I don't know if you saw this breaking news yesterday. Kenny Omega is coming back to Twitch, where he's going to be hosting the final <laughs> fantasy seven rebirth release party. <laughs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> the rough house podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at roughhouse SGW at facebook.com slash the rough house podcast. And at patreon.com slash the rough house podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, rough house redos and rough house divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google play, Stitcher, tune in and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe motherfuckers. This is the, the rough house, rough house uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. 
Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. 